There we go. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> okay. Hello and, uh, hello and welcome to episode 50 of Sarcasmicast, a movie and gaming podcast. I'm Daniel and I'm joined by... Jake, what a way to start off the 50th. I, I knew something was going to happen. I was like, yeah, just fucking go. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go like action like, with the clapperboard or something. I don't have a clapper. Is it called a clapperboard? Clapperboard, yeah. Pretty sure. Oh, well. I've never had a clapperboard. Yeah, I've neither. Some people just clap. So how how's things? Um as of recording, actually we're out we're in the UK anyway. We're in the next <laughs> stage of lockdown easing. Yeah, we can go to the pubs now, but outside. If you can get a table. If you can get a table and if you want to risk the fucking bitter weather, like no. It's quite a nice, nice, nice last last couple of days though. If you're in the view of the sun, then you're okay. But if yeah. you're in a shade, you're fucked. Yeah. You're literally making a cold beer even colder <laughs> by sitting <laughs> in the shade. Uh, so I take it you haven't had an opportunity yet. Well, the pub. Yeah. No. Yeah. Same. Just uh, mainly because I was going to. I was going to go tomorrow night at the White the White Hills with uh, Ryan and Jamie, but uh, you have to book using an app, and they're fully booked. Ah. Fully booked for the next few weeks. Do you, do you think that's the same app that they had um, when we went? No, it's, it's a different, different app, different work. Well, it's a different site. Oh, you, th- you think they'd be using the same app? No. Oh, well. But uh, I am looking forward to just sitting out and seeing friends in person again. Oh, uh, I can't remember what people... I mean, I can see what you look like, so I'm looking at you now, but I just can't remember what people look like. I know. Even though I see, like, Wait. nearly 100 people a day when I'm working. Mm-hmm. But damn, yeah, that's the uh, the the what is it? Not the involvement, but the escalation from our lockdown, unlike the rest yeah, of the, the world. De- the de-escalation. The de-escalation. There you go. Boris yeah. is finally opening the floodgates. Or closing. I don't know how this analogy is working. I don't um, know, but he was one of the first people to get his hair cut. I really want to get cut. I've had my cut as well. Yes. I well, yeah, I, I honestly feel like a new man. I finally got my beard <laughs> on point as well. Okay. It, it was just grown out and then down, and but now I've got it tapered in and uh, been using me, me beard grooming stuff and the beard oil and bushing and all, and it's pretty darn good. I feel was your beard, you, you feel like a new man. Good. I do. Was I, the beard done at the barber's or did you do the beard yourself? The beard jaw is all home, home done. Homemade beard. Uh, homemade beard. <laughs> I like it. I like home, it. A home groomed beard. That's what I and that's what this is. And with the with the hairdressers, you didn't go with the bowl cut. I'm happy. No. <laughs> I wanted a short. Uh-huh. Just look at mine, man. Like we've been I've been doing it at home because my aunt's a hairdresser, so we just borrow her clippers every now and then. But still, this is after like three weeks. And it's fucking long. <laughs> that's great. It's not as long as mine. I looked like a, a, one of the Beatles. Yes, Mr. It was, Harrison. It was going out of the middle and then just down every side. Mm-hmm. Damn. No, I couldn't live like that. Sorry. I would have to get a cut. I wouldn't like get to that extreme. Where, where are your earphones? Like a, like a headband? Like go back? Okay. Oh. Oh, I, I like it. <laughs> oh, no. 
look like I look like Justin Bieber after he's pissed in a bucket. You look like you've come from the eighties. Really? Hey, oh. hey, bro. Hi. <laughs> That's the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, movies. How many have we seen? I've seen quite a few, nice. but I'm going to review two. Okay. That rhymed. Seen a few, <laughs> and then we're going to review two. <laughs> I'm a bored, and I didn't even realise I was writing words. Well, there you go. So I'm going to review, over the next couple of episodes, um, Godzilla vs. Kong, Wonder Woman 84, uh, The Lighthouse, and Bad Times at El, El Royale. I've, and I watched all four in different ways. <laughs> Explain. Um, one was on Star on Disney Plus. One was on Now TV. One was on Blu-ray, and one was a premium Amazon Prime rental. So How about that? hold on. The, oh no! Wait! 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 I know. I know that Wonder Woman was Prime. I know right. that Godzilla vs. Kong was now TV because otherwise you would have mentioned it twice. Uh -huh. um, it's the... Um, what were the other two? The Lighthouse and the Bad Times at El, El Royale. El Royale's on Netflix, I know that. Right. So you, you watched The Lighthouse on Star. Well, you were completely wrong with every single one. Oh, God damn. Go on. <laughs> literally. Go literally. On completely wrong. Okay. What was your viewing so, order then? The Bad Times at El Royale I watched on, on Star, <laughs> which is on Disney+. Plus. The Lighthouse is on Now TV. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is the prime premium rental because it's just come out. And Wonder Woman is now on Blu-ray and I bought it. Come on, man. You never make a good show as long as you like. That's why Chris is the crime writer and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. Go on then. So I'm going to review Godzilla versus yeah. Kong and Wonder Woman 84. Great. Uh, I'll start with um, the lesser of the two. Mm -hmm. Which do you think it is? 84. It is. It's Wonder yeah. Woman 84. I... Uh, had high hopes after watching the first film, and then this one came out, and the reviews were, weren't that good. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll give it a chance, and maybe, uh, maybe I'd like it. But uh, no, I did not like it. I wasn't a big fan of the 84 setting. Like, they didn't mm -hmm. make, I don't see why it set in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, just pushing over some major points. Uh, yes. the, women, the villains were weak. Yes. Bringing back Steve Trevor just proved to be a plot point. I've, yeah, I've got some weird shit. There's some weird shit behind that <laughs> choice. And uh, it wasn't Gal Gadot's best performance as Wonder Woman. Right. And, and, and then that's putting into consideration fucking the Justice League as well. Uh -huh. Because she re-recorded a few lines for the Justice League, which yeah. aren't in the Snyderverse. I mean, I think I'd give the film like a five out of ten, and I'll probably stand by that. Mm -hmm. But uh, Maxwell, do you know what the plot of the film is? Um, Wonder Woman's in the eighties. 
Chris Pine's back and Joel from The Last of Us is trying to make money. And then that leads to the zombie apocalypse and that's how we, yeah, that's how Last of Us starts. That's mostly right, except for the zombies. (laughs) But, um, although, yeah. So, best you can. Pedro Pascal, this is going to be spoilers, by the way. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it eventually. It'll be on Netflix, and it's not like it has any like relevance to future films and such. So go for it. So Pedro Pascal plays Maxwell Lord, mm-hmm. and he's just like a businessman in this film. But in the comics, he has like um, psychic powers, similar to Kilgrave from just from Jessica Jones. He can sort of make people do what he oh. wants. Oh. Right. At great, at great, great stress. So what you're saying, he is an Instagram influencer. Uh, in the modern times, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this version, he hasn't got any superpowers. Right. With. Um, but if you, some people might recognise the name. Um, he was going to be the villain in that Justice League Mortal, that unproduced George Miller Justice League film from the early... 2000, late 2000s, I think. All right. Uh, and Maxwell Lord was going to be played by Jay Powershell. Yeah, okay. All right. And uh, in the comics, uh, Wonder Woman has to kill Maxwell Lord because he's got control of Superman and right. Superman is making him kill people, that sort of thing. So I thought, oh, this is going to be pretty darn good. He's going to, she might end up killing Maxwell Lord in this. Mm. Spoilers, she doesn't. Because that's not Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, um, so Maxwell Lord, he's the the owner of this, like uh, he's like an oil tycoon, and his business is going under. It's the eighties. There was oil, <laughs> and uh, Diana is working at this place that, like a museum type of place. I yeah. Uh huh. And they've got this stone in their possession, and according to legend, it grants the user a wish. But it takes something from you. It's like the, <sighs> the like the monkey's paw, monkey's like paw, the episode yeah. of the episode of the Simpsons, where just um, from a chicken sandwich, but the chicken's a, a little dry. <laughs> the, the, the turkey's a little dry. Like, I want a turkey sandwich. Uh, put it on some red bread. Put some mayonnaise in there. And he's literally doing like I want. I want the turkey <laughs> sandwich that's definitely not dry with loads of mayonnaise. <laughs> and he's like. And then there's like one little ingredient that he forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. The turkey's a little dry. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, similar to that. So, Maxwell Lord, he steals it um, with help from uh, Cheetah. Well, not, you know, she's not Cheetah yet. Uh, Barbara Minerva. Emo Kristen and, Wiig. And it's a character who has no impact upon the film whatsoever. I the film it. would play out exactly the same without this character. I gathered that from the trailer. And, She's only there for, for someone, for Wonder Woman to fight. Yeah. The character has no arc, no personality, no character development, nothing. Bit of a waste of but page. In the trailer, she was like, um, oh, I worked for Wonder What What was, I can't remember what was in the trailers. Like, it seemed like there was kind of a, a relationship with, Kristen Wiig's character and Diana, like they must nope. have worked closely at the beginning of the film or something. None of that. They were like work colleagues. Oh, so they were work, and they uh, were roommates. <laughs> Literally. Uh, 
And uh, so Maxwell Lord uses Barbara to steal this rock. Yeah. And he wishes to be the grant the granter of wishes himself. Right. So he sort of like absorbs this stone's energy and he's now able to grant wishes, but while taking something from the person that's making the wish. Right. So he goes to like a, a shareholder in his company or a rival company. Mm-hmm. And he sort of manipulates the conversation into the other person saying wish the word wish uh, mm-hmm. i wish for that and i wish for that so maxwell lord grants the wish but takes whatever he wants from that person so he took his company and all his money and all that yeah so, so that's how he that's where his story is going to be like the rule of the world type of shade um in the meantime uh diana thinks of a wish uh-huh. doesn't see i doesn't see a wish but thinks it Mm-hmm. for Steve Trevor to come back. So he comes back in the body of another man. Yeah. So we see Steve Trevor. We see Chris Pine. Uh-huh. But Diana and everyone else see this dude. And people, a lot of critics are saying, like, um, like what's happening to this dude who, who whose body he's inside? Oh, what's happening yeah. The guy didn't willingly become Chris Pine no? at all. And uh, they, Diana and Steve Trevor have like a bit of sexy time later on in the film, but it's not really him. <laughs> but we, That's not consensual. <laughs> well, um, so Barbara wishes to be like Diana. Uh-huh. And then so that's how she gets the cheetah powers and all that. She does but, she change uh, into a physical cheater because of a towards the end, yeah, for about, for about two minutes. <laughs> so, like I said, if you wish someone to take something away from you, yes, so yeah. Diana wishes for Steve Trevor to be back, which is slowly losing her powers, right? So, they have to travel <laughs> from one part of the globe to the other to try and find out what's going on, blah blah blah. Uh, one woman learns to fly in this film. Oh, without the invisible jet. No, the invisible jet is, is in it. She's able oh. to make things invisible. Right. I can't she tell whether you're joking or not. <laughs> no, no, she learns it in this film. Okay. But doesn't do it at all, ever again. Yeah. It's Same not being able to fly. Yeah. She, she learns to fly in this film, like probably Superman fly. Yeah. But doesn't do it any other time after though this film set. Yep. So the film meanders along until uh, she just talks Maxwell Lord down from reaching, because he goes to this uh, satellite st- station that's able to reach every t- more or less every TV on the globe yeah, type of thing to make people wish for something. And he eventually, she eventually talks him down. Right. That's a bit of a cop-out. And it's the same, because she, she gets him to renounce his wish so everyone on the, on Earth renounces their wish because they made a wish before. Right. <laughs> Does no one remember what happened? Because pe- people were wishing for people to, to die and people yeah. were just dropping, dropping dead. I've got, I've got to say, Dan, then, this is riveting. <laughs> and then they're coming back to life. So technically there is zombies. There we go. But uh, it's just... 
it's a sharp come down from the first film, even from the from well not from the Justice League film, but from Zack Snyder's Justice League anyway. Yeah. And how so long guess, is the, how long is the film? Is it over two hours? That's a good question. I'm gonna to have to have a look. I think it's around two hours. Right. So just getting below or above the two hour mark. It oh. is on four. Don't sound good. Go two and a half hours? Nah. That felt that didn't feel two and a half hours. Yeah, de- yeah de- I, definitely not. I gave it a five 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 out of ten. Yeah. No. <laughs> if you if you're a completionist for these for the DC films, I would uh-huh. maybe be able to watch, but you could go without watching it. It doesn't what? change anything. Yeah. It being another it shouldn't have been an, another another prequel. Because it yeah. you sort of like you, you write yourself into a corner. Isn't there sequences in the film of a very young Wonder Woman as well? Yeah, so the her and some other like Amazons are taking part in like uh, a gauntlet challenge, like the type, type type of game, yeah. games like the Olympics and all that. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, have to ride horseback, then swim, then an obstacle course, that sort of thing. And that sequence is actually pretty good. That's like the very first part of the film. That's just adding lore and the Themyscira for the yeah. films. But you see, like the Wonder Woman you see at the end of the first film. Yeah, and then the one you see at the end, at the beginning of Justice League, Zack Snyder's anyway. It's the same Wonder Woman. So if you put something in the middle of there, you've got nothing for character development because she's just going to be the same character as she was at the end of that film, which she won't be at the beginning. Yeah, Wonder Woman had a bit of a gap decade. Yeah, <laughs> she just did whatever the fuck she wanted. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Okay. The violence is very cheesy and it's very soft because there's um it's set in like a mall near the beginning and there's like a bank heist right. and she uses her tiara how whatever you call it you know her little small yeah, yeah. Tongue, tiara to, um disable the security cameras right like a boomerang I uh, and uh, she doesn't really punch anyone in this film either or she just ties them up and th- gently throws them around whereas in the Justice League, she's probably like smashing them and punching them, and she probably broke the rib cages of at least six men. She at least killed half a dozen in yeah. that film, and it was great. Mm. But in, in this film, she's uh, a bit soft. Mm. She doesn't do much Wonder Woman stuff. She's like, all right, woman. So yes, woman! Uh, do you want me to move on to my next film, please? Please. Sorry, I was listening to your genuine review of it, and I, I will eventually watch it when it's like. Yeah, I, I was zoning out as I was talk, 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 talking about I could, it. I could tell. But, Godzilla uh, versus that Kong man. Godzilla versus Kong, uh, and, and that was an Amazon Prime premium rental of fifteen ninety nine. That's not too bad. I That's not too bad. Tre- I myself to it, and, and uh, it hurt to begin with yeah. paying that much for a film rental, but yeah. uh, I thought it was it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, you, have you seen any of the Monsterverse films? I have not, but I oh. would like to. I, I would give them a watch. It's um, maybe, maybe yeah, the most consistent shared universe of films. Like, okay. They're all too bad. All right. Like the least that. Um, whereas you know, uh, even the MCU has a few 
shape shape ones in there, doesn't it? Yeah. These are all like consistently. No, that they aren't too too bad. You know, you got the original. Uh, you've got the Godzilla from twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Kong Skull Island, which is actually pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, Godzilla King, King of the Monsters. Uh, when I saw that in the cinema, I might have even said it on the podcast. I thought it was a bit naff, but yes. I've grown. I've got a new appreciation for that film now. I think it's actually pretty pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, they were all consistent. They're all within a. If you imagine like a graph. Yeah. Of the of the quality of these films, mm-hmm. they're all within the same sort of level. So, you know, Godzilla, maybe King Kong, uh, Kong Skull is at the top of this little level, and Godzilla versus Kong is near the bottom. It is the weakest out of these four, but it's still yeah. pr- pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, what you really want to see when you watch this film is Kong and Godzilla doing fights, don't you? Yes. You kind of want that, <laughs> and you you do get that. Watch them watching them both fight is pretty darn good. Actually, no, it's it's not pretty pretty darn good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Watching Kong punch Godzilla in the face face is pretty good. It's fucking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. see, uh, but it's also got the weakest human counters. Yeah, these films have ne- haven't have never really had that good human counters. Yeah, uh, the, the Godzilla ones anyway, mm-hmm. and these are the weakest by far. I didn't care that they do the bare minimum of character development and exposition, that sort of thing, to get you through the story, to get you through to the next action sequence. Yeah. So then these scenes didn't really outstay their welcome. Because right? by the time I got, I got a bit tired of the scene, something else was going on. Yes. Um, but uh, the best character in the film is Kong. He, he, he goes through an, an actual arc throughout this film. Okay. Um, and the best human character is uh, a young girl who grew up on Skull Island. The one who and tames Kong in a way. No, no, not this. No, not tames. But um, she's able to communicate, communicate. Yeah. through sign language, and they don't realize Kong is able to sign until like a quarter of the way through, through their film. And it's a, it's a pretty good scene actually, where they re- they realize that Kong and this young girl are really talking. Hmm. And seeing you've seen in the trailer Kong's on the on this barge being shipped out to uh wherever. Mm-hmm. And he's signing to the little girl, uh want to go home, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. that's pretty darn good. That's some strong uh characterization for a giant gorilla. Yeah. Um are you up for spoilers or not? Um I kind of get the general gist of what happens. Um, Godzilla and Kong have like two fights, one of both of which one ups the other in some way. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third fight where there's a big evil that comes out and they've got to work together to defeat it. Yeah, yeah that's how every versus film goes, isn't it? it, it um, except Alien versus Predator. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Batman, Batman, Batman v Superman they have one big fight where Su- uh, Batman nearly kills Superman by proxy and then they have to work together to save Martha's mom and then it's like oh, you've got to kill Doomsday now and then yeah so there's again. like um, there's a couple of fights um, yeah. but the second fight is like broken in half so you have like 
one county wins one battle, one county wins the next yeah. half of that battle, and the final showdown, there is a definitive winner. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I know who the definitive winner is, yeah. Nah. So, spoilers, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk about this part. Yeah, fuck it, go. So, one little nit, uh, nitpick I've got is that in the previous films, Godzilla is, obviously, you know, he's massive. And the way he moves, he's slow and powerful. But in this one, he moves really fast. Right. And I had a hard time believing that of the scale of this. Because if you know what I mean? Yeah, like, The yeah. quicker that they move, the, the smaller they appear to be. Um, but yeah, um, Godzilla uh, Gong is like he's had his shoulder dislocated and he's like retreating on his back and all fours is getting out of the way. And Godzilla's like on all fours coming towards him, mm-hmm. he's like scratching and all that. And finally, Kong's lying on his back. Godzilla puts his like his foot on his chest and just roars in, in Kong's face. Then Kong roars back. So it's it's clear that Godzilla wins, mm-hmm. but it's still a cool scene. Yeah. But uh, Kong still doesn't bow to Godzilla. Which yes. is pretty yeah, yeah. And uh, the common enemy that they face in the end. Do you want to know? Is it Mecha Godzilla or something? It is. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is part <laughs> of one set of humans' side story. Yeah. How much in- has that developed on? That entire subplot of those humans finding this, finding Mecha Godzilla, uh-huh. you could, it wasn't needed at all because the events again, similar to Wonder Woman, would have played out regardless if that was of whether these yeah. humans would have been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got that. So it was just there for like comic, comic relief or fake suspense yeah. sort of thing. But um, you get Kong travelling to the centre of the Earth where there's like a whole ecosystem there. Right. So you've seen in the trailers. Oh, that was that. Okay, I thought that was like back in Kong's day. He was the. King I thought of it was as well. Yeah. Oh, it's like the the empty earth type of thing, and it's where all the titans existed for for millennia to begin right. with. Yeah. And you you see Kong's throne throne room, and he picks up like an axe, which is made from the dorsal fin of one of Godzilla's ancestors. Right. How was he able to? How was he able to use it effectively in in uh, uh, battle? Mm-hmm. And he sits on the the uh, throne, which I thought was you know that's pretty darn cool. That that's yeah. pretty cool. But uh, yeah, if you go on to, if if you want to go and see this film to to like analyze deeply analyze character motivations and scene deconstructions that sort of thing the dialogue and directing the writing the editing that sort of thing you're going to waste your time if you you want to go and watch monsters fight you'll have a good time so i give it a solid six out of ten nice um do you know what if the cinemas get opened up which apparently that's going to be sometime next month which i'm excited about Um, yeah, if the cinemas are going to open back up, which is supposedly going to be next month, because at the BAFTAs, they had an announcement um, saying that the cinemas are going to hopefully be reopening from next month, basically, sometime in May. So 17th. If, 17th of May, there you go. Um, so if Godzilla versus Kong comes to the cinemas for us, then I'm going to wait, watch the previous three, Godzilla 
King Kong Skull Island and King of Monsters, then see this at the cinema, I think I'll have a fucking blast watching it. I love that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got uh, Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters on Blu-ray, so you can loan them. I think and Kong Skull Island is on train. There you go. Absolutely. Sorted, sorted. So those are your two reviews for the, reviews. For the week. Uh, out of the two. I know there's only like a one mark difference between Wonder, Wonder Woman and King Kong and mm-hmm. Kong versus Godzilla, but yeah. there is a really big enjoyment factor. Yeah, yeah. It seems like with Wonder Woman, you either you neither hated it, nor, it wasn't awful, no, no, you were, you were just disappointed. Uh-huh. Uh, because of the expectations of a sequel to Wonder Woman, which was great. Yeah. But with Kong Skull, uh, King King Skull, <laughs> with Godzilla versus Skull That's Kong. the film. I want to see King Skull. King Skull. There you go. That's the ancestor of King Kong. The Skull King. How about that? Oh, man. Stop it. You're teasing us. Um, but yeah, with Godzilla versus Kong, there's a clear, you go there for the title and you're not disappointed. Yeah. There you go. Right. Uh, you mentioned the BAFTAs. Well, I, I could do the BAFTAs, or I could do my one review. You do your one review. I have recently seen The Godfather Part Two. Have you seen the, have you seen the first one? Of course, I have. It's it's a well, okay. I saw the first Godfather two years ago when I went away to the lakes, and Dad brought loads of films <laughs> with them, and one of them was The Godfather. And I was like, cool. I haven't seen that. Let's watch it. Um, it's a fucking great character piece for yeah. Michael Corleone. Um, all the acting... Just Corleone. Corleone, not Corleone. <laughs> Michael Corleone. My, my son Corleone. <laughs> I got it. I got the Brando. Uh, Brando, fucking great in the first film. Everyone, really. And yeah. James James Kahn. I love James Kahn. Especially that in Misery. Fucking love him. Um, Godfather Part 2 we never really got around to at the time. Um, but from hearing people say that it's as good as the first, I was like, cool, I'd, I'd love to watch it. And we just saw it recently. Um, it's really, really good. However, I would say that it probably doesn't match up to the first one on ter- in terms of like multiple aspects. Uh-huh. So it follows the rise of Vito in his younger years, yeah. which were probably my favorite scenes in the in the movie. They were fucking great. I love Rob De Niro's performance in that. Um, and the downfall of Michael, well, Michael's time as the Godfather. <clears throat> the, the, put it this way, there were more times where the story dragged with Michael as opposed to Vito. With Vito, there was he probably was in it for like a third of the film, but all of his plot lines and everything that happened were told in a concise and straightforward manner basically um, and really enjoyed his journey with Michael it was more of a cat and mouse game but <clears throat> there, there were times when I was like where it was a little bit too hard to follow what was occurring especially with Vito's flashbacks dipped in here and there um, I would like to see a kind of chronological order of all the events in the film. So like one, two, and three, which, which I've yet to see. Trust me, I will get to three. 
I will get the three. Many people don't have many good things to say about three, but there's reason for that. Um, yeah, like the music's great. Cinematography's great. I imagine this used the same crew. This was, what, two years after the first one? Mm. And then 16 years before the next one. I think with The Godfather 1 and 2, uh-huh. choosing which one's better is like choosing... It's like asking people what they prefer, Alien or Aliens, right? Terminator or Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Both film, both sets of films are awesome. <clears throat> yeah. But you'll probably get like a 50-50 chance of someone feeling either, either the other. Choosing one over the other, yeah. Yeah, it's not to say that Godfather Part 2 is bad. No, no. It, it's just there's a lot in this to consider, whereas in the first one, it was really like, bam, 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 these are the plot points and it's easy to follow. With this one, it's like, he is Vito as a kid and his brothers got shot because the father died and the Vito has to hide and run away because his mother's getting killed by everyone. Everyone's after him. And then it goes to Michael and they're like, oh, Michael's the godfather now because Vito died in the previous one. So it's like, he's learning the tricks of the trade. He's learned who to trust and stuff. Now we're going to cut back to Vito and he's in New York and look how he started. He started out just with nothing, basically. But he has a way with people. And then we're going back to Michael and he thinks he's a traitor because someone shot him in his bedroom. And it's like, you, you see what I mean? It's like, jumping from bit to bit and it's a bit bit difficult to take in but i will i will watch it again especially after watching the third and the newly released um the death of michael Corleone, which is like a recut of the third film it is yes my dad's my dad's really interested in seeing that because he's wanting to know if the third one can be salvaged which what's it released on um the the recut is released on blu-ray Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, and we watched this on Now TV because obviously we got it for Justice League. Um, so we got the movie package for that. Um, and we were able to watch it on this. It's going to run out in the next week or so. But glad I saw it. I gave it an eight, which is one down from The Godfather, which is which probably makes sense because I take the point down because there was mm. so much to follow. But on a rewatch, it could go up to a nine. It could go up to a nine. Good awesome. stuff. Good stuff. Right, the BAFTAs. Let's get to BAFTAs. And I, and I had the BAFTAs down. Come on, where's the list? There we go. Um, yeah, so I went, the night that this happened, I was like, something's on tonight and I can't remember what it was. And then my dad went, oh, Jake, the BAFTAs are on tonight. And I went, what? And apparently they started earlier than normal because usually they're on at night. Yeah. And then it goes into like into the late wee hours of the night. You've normally got like the red carpet to go through, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, it was weird. It was weird watching it. Like, <laughs> um, so you have um, the reason why it was on earlier because Line of Duty was on afterwards, which is a police drama that everyone's involved with. And parents uh, my mum loves it as well. <laughs> there you go. Loads of fans. Want... Yeah. I, I'm not into police drama, so to make that what you will. So, yeah, it was weird. They had that um, Scottish presenter who really loves talking about films. I can't remember her name. I really should know her name, but I don't. She's kind Claudia of Claudia Winkleman. No, Claudia Winkleman is Scottish. <laughs> I know, but I thought you might. I, I thought you got mixed mixed up. 
One sec, I'll, I'll type it in because this is um, important. One of them was Dermot O'Leary. Uh, Dermot O'Leary. He's not a Scottish woman. He's not a Scottish woman, definitely not. Edith Bowman. Uh, I do not know that name. Uh, so she hosts a lot of movie-related stuff on the radio. Um, so it makes sense why they were there. Anyway, the awards were interesting. Um, I've got a list of all of them including the fellowship and the contribution to British film, which were two really great ones. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, this year's BAFTAs has been like, I've not been in, not been interested at all. Yeah. Because there's barely any films on there that I've even heard or heard, heard of, never, never mind even seen. Definitely so, and a lot of them have yet to come out. So all the films, I believe, that are not in the English language, Minari was one of them, and that got put on Prime two days before the BAFTAs. Mm. And you have to rent it as well, which I will do because I'm excited to see Minari. Um, But yeah, putting it on two days before the BAFTAs and not promoting it. So how, how are we meant to know that it was up for grabs you know so yeah the first eight awards weren't actually in the event themselves they were capped on at the end so i'll just run through these i won't mention all the nominees because we're here all night um so yeah costume design best costume design uh ma rainey's black bottom won that right so that was a film that we got last year i'm so i'm so sorry i'm very childish so that was a film that we got last year and it was notable for having um, one of Chadwick Boseman's last performances uh, takes place in a jazz club uh, mainly. So for costume design, especially with the other nominees, which I'm not going to mention, makes sense. So there you go. Production design went to Mank, which I want to see mainly I'll because do as well. David Fincher and it's the story behind Citizen Kane. Would love to see it. Um, but yeah, it didn't. When it came out, there was. Like, when a film comes out, you can't really speculate that it's going to get Oscar or BAFTA buzz. You have no idea. You don't know what these guys are going to pick as candidates. When are the Oscars, by the way? Oscars are next Sunday night. So for us, it'll be the very early morning of Sunday, the, Monday the 26th. I'm going to make this a few bets. Ooh, that's a dangerous game, especially since <laughs> since we don't know what the fuck's getting nominated. Absolutely, yeah. The Oscars are old, aren't they? That, yeah, they are, they are they are out, but it's like we haven't seen the film, so we really can't determine what's going to win. Do we need to see them, or do we just bet which one? The, the, the Soul Academy? for Best Picture. <laughs> well, Best Animated Films don't no, normally goes to a Pixar. Yeah, um, that, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, British short film went to The Present by Farah Nabluzi. Um, Nabulzi, sorry. Um, I guess that'll be on the web somewhere. Watch it. British short animation went to The Owl and the Pussycat. Um, I remember reading that as a kid, um, but apparently that one. Um, special visual effects went to Tenet against Mulan. <laughs> so that, that, was a, that was a clear winner there. I still have yet to see Tenet. I would really like to see it. You, did you say you well, have seen it? You, did you say you have it on 4K? I've got it on 4K. Can I steal that from you? I can loan you it, but I will want it back. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's not um, how thieving works. Uh, uh, well, 
you wouldn't steal a purse. You wouldn't steal a policeman's hat. You couldn't steal it. Then mail it to the policeman's widow. And then steal it again. Yeah. Nice IT card reference there. If that does happen to you, call 0118-999-88199-911-97253. No, no, it's 0118-999-88199-911-97253. You've got to to sing it. Well, yeah, I just did. I I thought you'd be impressed with that I remembered it in sequence, but just said it I was very impressed that you were able to see it without singing it, because I can't do it. Yeah, you have to you have to sing it to remember. Oh wait, so so oh one one eight nine 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 eight eight one nine. No 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 no. Fuck sake. No, sing it, sing it, sing it. God damn! God damn it! I wonder if that is an actual one on point there. Like, we were like Simon and Garfunkel right there. Like, or George Harrison and John, Leg- John, John Legend. John Legend, right? <laughs> if you want to be John Legend, by all means. God damn, I'm Keith. Um, okay, so we have Makeup and Hair, Ma Rage, Black Bottom got that. And Sound Design, we got Sound of Metal, which is now on Prime. That is about a drummer who basically becomes deaf after a certain circumstance and he learns sign language and shit. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed, yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to watch that. Um, So that one for sound design. And then they've got a new one called Casting. I don't know how long this has been around for, but Casting is basically goes, it's an award for the casting directors. So they get recognition for the people that they've chosen for parts, which... I can see. Um, just to note, I'll mention these nominations because no, it's notable, I would say. Yes. Promising Young Woman got nominated. Minari got nominated. Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. And Calm with Horses. Calm with Horses is the only one that I haven't heard of. But those three, you can probably tell they, mm-hmm. they kind of deserve the nomination for casting because they've got some pretty stellar actors in it. Like Stephen Young for Minari. Kerry Mulligan for Promising Young Woman, other Keith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, it actually went to Rocks, which is a British independent film that's getting a lot of buzz in the independent circus. So, that's circuit. That. Circuit. There you you go. said you, circus. You, yeah, I did. I did. You corrected me. <laughs> Thank, <I'm back. laughs> in the independent circus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even go there. To get a lot of buzz in the independence. <laughs> I should join. Um, so we got, okay, so we're at the actual awards now. Right, the ones that mean something. Yeah. With these, I can skim through the um, nominations, or it might actually be easier to share it with you so you can see the nominations as well. Go ahead. Aye. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the easiest. I think it's going to be easiest if I share my screen with you. Can you see that? I can, yes. I'll zoom on in. Okay, so we start with animated film. And I'm guessing so, the ones in bold are the ones that have won. Are the winners, yeah. So Wolfwalkers and Onward were nominated, but Soul ultimately won for obvious reasons. Going to be a, a good pick to 
a good film to pick for the Oscars uh, if I'm going to do a battle. Yeah, I think, I think these pie. are the same nominations for the Oscars as well. There's only three. I bet they're similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I do really want to see Wolf Walkers. Wolf Walkers is getting a lot of chat, but it's only available on Amazon TV, uh, Apple TV, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, under adapted screenplay. Yes. The third film down. How do you pronounce that? I've seen it advertised many times, but I cannot. The Morish the Mauritanian? The Mauritanian. Is that how it's pronounced? I imagine so. The Mauritanian. I thought I kept saying the Mauritian. Ah, uh, yeah, me too. The Mauritian. He's from Mauritia. <laughs> the um, Mauritanian. So adaptive screenplay, obviously based off previous material. Um, you got Nomad Land, The White Tiger. Actually, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So I've um, heard of Nomad Land. What's that about? Because I been, think it's been getting a lot of buzz. Yes. I'll, I'll read out the plot. I'll get on IMDb and I'll write in. There's been no no else. <laughs> yeah, it's literally been a Nomad Land. Um, so Nomad Land, the plot, after losing everything in the Great Recession, goddamn. A woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. There you go. What's a nomad? Uh, Am I being ignorant? Google, <laughs> what is a nomad? I think I know the idea of a nomad, but I don't know the actual... A member of a people that travels from place to place to find fresh pasture for its animals and has no permanent home. Oh, so... Hardly a squatter. It's the total opposite of a squatter. I want to see squatter yeah. land though. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised I didn't get it. But also, the father is getting a lot of buzz, which apparently we're not getting till June. Oh yeah, I'll check on the release dates for the father because I really want to fucking see it because it's Anthony Hopkins and it's about dementia and stuff. It's, it looks like a really Real piece. good popcorn filler, isn't it? Totally great thriller. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins suddenly gets a gun. He misleads that one. He starts Edgy. shooting people. He's like, "This is my house," and starts shooting everyone. Um, <laughs> I went really British there. Um, but yeah, apparently we're not getting that till June, and it's going to be on Prime. I, I I don't understand that. I really don't. Uh, editing. We've got sound and metal. Kind of makes sense because it won sound design. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of films there that you can see. Not in the English language. Well, the Oscars went with international, so. Blame is Arab, again. Well, that's a modern, it seems like a modern retelling from the clip that I saw. I haven't been following that, but it is a French film, but set in modern day. Um, no, another round got this, and I'm really fucking excited to see another round. It's um, another Thomas Vinterberg movie after The Hunt, which was on my best of the decade from last decade i think it was in my top five yeah where a guy is um accused of inappropriate shit at a nursery oh the hunt that i watched there was about pe- people that are kidnapped and oh no that's the blumhouse the hunt <laughs> that's not yeah. the that's not one of your films of the decade. <laughs> I was thinking, bloody hell, you must have loved that film. Because I've seen it myself. I thought it was all right. No, I still haven't seen it. No, um, but no, The Hunt was um, on my best of the decade last year. My parents actually watched that recently and they really liked it. They loved The Hunt. They thought it was fucking great. And they totally emphasised with the main character, like the shit that happens to him. It's fucking horrible. 
absolutely fucking horrible. This, on the other hand, is great. Um, apparently, the plot is these workmen, I think one of them's a teacher, one of them's like a businessman, a lawyer and stuff. They basically, what was it? It was like alcohol. It's something to do with like alcohol consumption and taking it at different times of the day. That's what I've gathered. Uh, yeah, four friends, all high school teachers, there you go, test a theory that they will improve their lives by maintaining a constant level of alcohol in their blood. Doesn't that sound like a fucking great plot? I suppose. Yeah. It's is that well. no man? Is that, uh, what, what film is that? <laughs> that that's for no, another round. The, the one oh, another that, round, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that won this. Did I just delete it off? There you go. Yes, it has. Another round. There you go. I was looking for the film and I was like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> I deleted it off. No, but that's the plot for this film. It's so right. simple and naturally hilarity and drama ensues. So there you go. And it beat out Minari, which was the favourite to win for um, this category. But no, I'm really excited for another round. Can't wait. Can't wait for it. Uh, cinematography, Nomad Land. I imagine they'd get nice shots of fields and animals and stuff. Um, yeah, these these others seem okay, I guess. Uh, News of the World, by the way, is that new Western Tom Hanks film mm. that I think's on Netflix. Um, and then the 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 Mauritius candidate, <laughs> the Mauritian, the more the more the more the mortician. Yeah, it, it, it makes no sense. That's on Prime now, apparently. So you can watch the Manchurian Candidate on uh, Prime now. Um, so supporting actress was a surprise. Like, from this point forward, I was like, oh, Maria's, Maria's going to get it. Maria, I was hoping uh, so. But, Borat. but it actually went to uh, Yong Yujong. I think I've said that right. If I haven't, butcher me to hell. Um, but, yeah, she won the... Um, either the Screen Actor Guild or the Golden Globe. I know it was the Golden Globe. She won the Golden Globe for this as well. So I have a feeling Oscar, she's going to get it. Um, Normally I, whoever wins the BAFTA wins the Oscar, I don't know. That's true. Um, I haven't seen Minari yet. I don't know the plot of it, so I, can't, I don't know what kind of character she plays, um, but I can't wait to see it. Original screenplay went to Promising Young Woman, which loads of people are buzzing about. Loads of people are buzzing about, mainly for Kerry Mulligan. Kerry Mulligan's been getting a lot of like stellar roles at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't know when the hell it's coming out. Like, like a lot of these films, when the hell are they coming out? Mm. Like, we don't fucking know. Um, for EE Rising Star, now this is the one that's voted by the public. Um, and it's basically made for like, like little stars about to spring into the sky and shit. Uh, it went to Bucky Bakre, who I don't is, know what anyone there. Uh, Conrad Khan's been in some stuff. Uh, Kingsley, Kingsley Ben Adia. They did a show reel for him, and I think he was in um, the Huntsman Winter's War as uh, um, what's her name, Emily Blunt's like guard or whatever. Yeah, that was mentioned on a show reel. But he's been in a, he's been in a few things. 
Morford Clark was in St. Maud. She was the lead in St. Maud, um, which, which will appear later, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, I think it's Sopi Dirisu. I think that's his name. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have heard of. Like, I can't remember the exact films that he's been in, but there were a few where I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that, and I kind of remember his character. So, yeah. No, Babuki uh, Bakare, who is the lead for Rocks. Rocks got a lot of, like, chatter in this, um, so she got that. Um, supporting actor went to Daniel Kaluuya. Apparently, he's really good in Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, awesome. Really want to see that. Um, yeah, I didn't expect any of the others. The, that, that was just sort of a nice surprise. Here we are, Dan. Outstanding debut by a ah, British writer, that. director. And this house was a good film. Yeah, Remy Weeks. I really want to watch his house. Um, I hadn't watched the trailer, um, and especially after you guys put it on your list for last year, I read nothing about it. Still haven't seen it. Really mm -hmm. want to now because of the little clips that were shown. Like, it looks really fucking interesting. So I can't wait yeah. to see it. Uh, Limbo, Muffy, and then Rocks, and St. Maud as well. St. Maud was uh, nominated, mainly for Rose Glass, but the film is, it's good, and I'd like to watch it again. But I rented it initially. Documentary went to My Octopus Teacher. I still can't remember what that was about, but yeah. That, that one, the that one, the BAFTA original score, um, Soul, Trent Reznor, and Atticus Ross, they're staples in Hollywood for making very, very mellow, not melodramatic, but like emotional scores. Um, so it was bound to happen. Um, what else do they, we they have? Were, they were nominated for Mank as well. Yeah, score was. Mank was nominated for score, Minari was nominated for score, News of the World, and Promising Young Woman. They seem to be like the stables at the moment. So, amongst outstanding British film, you've got St. Maud, you've got Rocks, Mogul Mowgli, the Manchurian Mauritian, Marish, the Martian, um, you've got Limbo, you have His House again, which was, which was a good, well, for you, it would be a great nom. I would like to see it. The Father, The Dig, Calm With Horses, but it went to Promising Young Woman. I don't know whether that means it's a contender for... Um, for uh, Oh, no, Best Film Comes Later. Um, whether that's a, like a shoe-in for Oscar buzz or whatever. I don't, I find that, no. um, by the way, these are in order. From animated film down, they were in order. I was, I was taking notes at the time. Uh, the Fellowship Award went to Ang Lee this Interesting. year. Yeah. Out of all of his library, I've only seen really um, what was it, Gemini Man? I've seen that. I've seen Hulk. Oh yeah, I saw Hulk back in the day, yeah. I think I've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I I would really like years to ago. see that. Um, if I go to Ang Lee and it'll what tell me Oh, God. Um, I need to put that back on. He did Gemini Man. He did Life of Pi. Oh, uh, yes, I've seen that. Good film. Life of Pi. Um, Brokeback Mountain. No, I haven't seen that one. No one's seen that. Um, you saw The Hulk. Uh, he did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He did Sense and Sensibility. Uh, nope. 
Um, he did a few um, Hong Kong films as well before that. Ride with the Devil, The Ice Storm, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, The Wedding Banquet, Pushing Hands, among others. So literally the only <laughs> the only films that I've seen that are by Ang Lee are Hulk and Gemini. <laughs> Arguably two of his, well, would you say two of his weakest is, does the, does Ang Lee's Hulk stand up today, do you think? It's the weakest Hulk film. Right. Okay. So, no. <laughs> it seemed, from what I remember and the scenes that I remember of Hulk, it seemed like a very artistic take on, this, on the Hulk film, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Like, he used the comic panels, which I, I kind of enjoyed because yeah. Sam Raimi did little bits of that in his films, but they were very, very, like, like here and there kind of thing. But the Hulk film relied heavily on the comic panels, it seemed. And the end of the film just got very blurry for me. I can't remember what the fuck happened. It was fighting, it was fighting his dad. Nick, yeah. Nick- and his his powers was that he was able to like uh, sort of like manipulate his own body into what he's touching. So if he was touching a rock, he would turn into a rock. If he was in water, he could turn into water. That sort of thing. Right. Do you know what? I'd love to do a commentary on that with you and watch that again. Oh well, I've got to agree to that first. Hmm. I've got to say yes to that first. I'm. Oh, yeah, you'd have to agree. Well, you have time. <laughs> you see, I, I, I would like to do either commentaries for great films or awful films, and the Hulk is not is neither. Oh, so you say it's the weakest Hulk film for you, but you wouldn't say it's terrible. Not terrible, no, no, no. Okay, okay. I'll watch it again. I'll, 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 see, what, I'll see what I make. We need to do commentaries for Seagal's films, though, because they're terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got time for those. Have you watched any of them films yet? Not yet, mate. If I'm to watch them, it's to it's it's going to be with you. Oh, you've got to have a few drinks and watch them, man. I will. I will. I will. You know, his earlier those the ones in that box that I got you were big, the good ones. They're the good ones. I've Jesus. got the bad one. You got. <laughs> of course we do. Of course we do. Okay, so we're going back to yeah, outstanding British contribution to cinema. This was one of the awards near the end, but I'd like to think it would have followed the Fellowship Award. Went to Noel Clark. Um, he, Clark. Oh. Yeah, he did a lot of um, British gangster yeah. odd films, which Star Trek into darkness. Yeah, when it played his like um, his like film filmography, and there was that one scene in the darkness. I just looked at it and I went, "I've seen this scene, but I also haven't seen this scene." I may aside from. Benedict Cumberbatch being in Into Darkness. I remember nothing of Into Darkness. I all. like that film. I, I like know, it. I know you do. I don't know why I don't. I don't get it. And to be fair, the same could be said of the first Star Trek. I remember the scene where he meets Leonard Nimoy. But that's about it. Yeah, I like that one. I like Beyond as well. You know, I like all three. I, I'd love to see Beyond. I haven't seen Beyond yet. Uh, director, best director went to Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. She got it at the Golden Globes. She got it here. She probably get it at the Oscars. Lead actor, I haven't bolded uh, uh, that, but it went to Anthony Hopkins, ah. which I was happy about. Um, but also, Mads Mikkelsen got a nom as well. But also, Chadwick got a nom, and Chadwick didn't get it. 
and the 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 reason why I say that is because going back to um, the Dark Knight, am I right in saying this? If Heath Ledger hadn't have died when he did, and obviously what happened was really horrific and stuff, so respect uh, respect for that. Do you think he would have got the nomination if he hadn't died? He would have got the nomination, I think, but I don't think he would have won. Right, okay. That seems to be what's happening here, but I don't know. I don't know why that didn't happen. To be fair, I think the Oscars will probably give it to Chadwick over I think so as well. everyone else. So yeah. It would be a, a good bet, I think. Yeah, I think that from the Oscars crowd, there would be uproar if Chadwick didn't get it. I think so as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, might, actress, he, might, he might not be as well known in this country. That, that, that's true. That's true. It did. Uh, we did... Uh, the BAFTAs did give it to uh, Mr. Tony Hopkins. So there you go. Yeah, that might be, um, you might be on something with that with the Oscars. Uh, Chadwick will get it. Frances McDormand, uh, lead actress for Nomadland. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So there you go. And then we're on Best Film, which went to Nomadland, which was. Uh, Golden Globes winning, so could it be Promising Young Woman, or mm. will it be Nomadland? Who knows? Probably Nomadland. Who knows? But that's the Baptist. <laughs> well, isn't uh, David Fincher's uh, nominated for Best Director? Um, yes, and I think he was there. I'll just check again. Wasn't I, don't, I didn't see his name. Best Director, you had. I get to it. Ah. Yeah, Chloe Zhao, you had Jasmila Zabanek for Govadida Saida. You had Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Sarah Gavron for Rocks, Shannon Murphy for Baby Teeth, and Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round. I have a feeling David Fincher will get nominated at the Oscars. It's only because for the BAFTAs, I think Sarah Gavron and um, Shannon Murphy, they were British films. So I think they favoured the British directors over the American ones, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Um, May, I've got a fair bit of game news that I can roll in the next 10 minutes, if you're willing to listen to me. I'll start off with the main chunk, because this happened last night, um, and you would, you'd, you'd appreciate this. A lot of Resi 8 news got announced last night. Mm. Um, first off, and you'll want to note this down because you'll be doing it straight after. Um, the PlayStation is getting demos for Village. I thought earlier. it was already... No, but we're getting a second demo. Is that first first demo available for the PS4? It will be, yes. So It they... will be, but it's not now. This is the complication. Um, PlayStation's getting it first. We can pre-download the demo now but we get access to them once every Sunday for eight hours each weekend leading up to the May release date. Yeah, but there has already been a demo released. Yeah, the right. Maiden demo, which was PS5 exclusive. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, it's not the Maiden demo. It's not the Maiden demo. Um, the one that ends where you're 
be where you die being killed by this big tall lady? One of my fantasies, yes. Um, yes. So that's new. So I, so I can't play that on the PS4. No. Nice. No. Thank you. You'll experience that in the actual game, though. Then. Um, right. No, the demo that you were getting for PS4 and PS5 is it's a timed demo. Each time that it comes out over the weekends, it's up for eight hours at a time. And you're given half an hour to explore either the village or the castle or both. So it's those sections of the game that are open to you for eight hours. But as soon as you start in that area, you have half an hour to explore all of that. That's the demo that we're getting. And I think you'll be able to preload it on your PS4. I'd check, but I don't have mine on at the moment to check. But I've got it downloading on my PS5 at the moment. Um, we got more news about the Resident Evil Netflix series. Uh, we actually got a trailer and a release date. Um, it's set after Resi 4, which was interesting. Oh, it's yes. the game. Yeah, 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 the game, Resi 4. It's hmm. set after the events of Resi 4. Uh, Leon is, I think it's the White House he's at, but he's stationed to protect um, Ashley's father, the president. Uh-huh. from a zombie apocalypse. That's the general plot, and that's all we got. Um, but that's coming in July. We've got a July release date for that, which I'm quite I'm quite, I'm quite excited about. Um, what other news do we have? Uh, Resi is getting a chapter in Dead by Daylight. That would have been used to Chris, not so much to yourself. Um, we have... Yeah, Cyberpunk's been getting a lot of updates and the 1.21 update has apparently improved a lot. Mm-hmm. I am going to start and play that again. Yeah. It, be, bearing in mind, Dan, if you're put if you're going back to that and haven't updated in a while, I put it in on mine and the update is 46 gig. I think I've already put the update on. Good. I think <laughs> I've well, double, double check. The worst is over. Um, got a bit of sad news. Um, do you remember the games uh, Rainbow Six Vegas? Yes. Yeah. Well, over this year, um, those servers, including Future Soldier, mm-hmm. um, my, uh, Ubisoft are going to be shutting them down over this year. Mm-hmm. So they're making way for other games. Um, on the topic of closing servers... Um, I'm pretty sure you heard this. The PS3, the PS Vita, and the PSP stores are basically getting shut down. Really? Why is yeah. that? Um, well, how many people do you know that are playing PS3s at the moment? <laughs> Jokes. Do you play it? I'll play it now and then. Um, but, yeah, it goes without saying that PS4 is the staple that everyone's playing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Some people have PS5s, which is great, and they're experiencing that. PS3, PS Vita, and PSP are the bottom of the barrel for the PlayStation crowd at the moment. Um, Basically, what this involves, the stores are getting shut down. Um, You can't buy anything on the PS3 from July 9th, I think. Mm -hmm. 
So whatever you've bought up to that point, you can keep and you can still download because you've bought it. You can still download it and play it. Trophies are staying. They're not getting disabled, which I'm really fucking happy about. Um, and the Vita and PSP will close later in August. But this kind of annoys me in a way. Mm-hmm. You've got, you got, you got to think about it this way. Say you, Dan, are a game developer and you took a game animation or game design course in college university. Mm-hmm. You, you put your heart and soul into a project that you developed at university and PlayStation were lucky enough to give you a chance on their platform to promote your game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way you could put it on is via their store. So you have the PS3, which is one of the new consoles. It's like, oh, cool, I want to get this out to as many people as I can. Here, PlayStation, put it on the PS3 store, let them play it, whatever. Um, and it doesn't get the promotion that it does. It's not a AAA game. So you get a few people playing it, and it develops like a cult fan base. But the game starts expanding a bit. Right. Cut to 2020, or 2021, should we say. And the news comes out that Sony are closing the store. So you have a limited time window where you have to get loads of people to get this game, basically. Or it's lost forever after July 9th. Yeah. July 9th, your game doesn't exist anymore. You can't, you can't buy that game anymore. In terms of game preservation, this is just... Sony's going about the wrong way. It's, 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 uh, I'm not a fan. (laughs) There's a lot of games that I'm just basically speaking from a game developer standpoint. Like if a game developers put all their time and soul and blood, sweat and tears into promoting a game, making it and their work not being available anymore. That's like having Kong versus Godzilla come out on I don't know, just like Prime. And Prime just goes, ah, this was one of the only ways you could watch God, God, Godzilla versus Kong. And we're just shutting our servers. You can't watch this anymore. Nah, nah. Unless you've got the Blu-ray or whatever. Nah, 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 nah. Can't, can't watch that shit anymore. It, it's, it's, it's funky and it's, it's weird. But yeah, yeah, until July to buy shit uh, through PlayStation 3. All the store closes and can't get it anymore. Um, I had some other stuff, some Rainbow Six Vegas stuff. Um, Rick and Moy's getting a crossover in Siege. Um, Alan Wake 2 is confirmed by Epic Games. That would have been news for Chris. Um, I've got one funny one to end on. Um, well, if Chris is able, to, if if Chris is free in, in the next couple of days, you two should do like gaming news update, like episode, like do like half like half, half an hour long or so. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll delve we'll, deep into this gaming news. Yeah, we'll, we'll delve into Resi, and there's a few other things I'll mention to him. Mm-hmm. I know you don't give a shit about this last one, but I thought it was really fucking funny. Um, wife sells cheating husband's Yu-Gi-Oh collection worth a hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollars. I'm interested in that. Yeah. I'd be livid if I if I cared about you, you, you. So, so yeah, this guy had like 
nearly $200,000 worth of rare, valuable fucking but Yu-Gi-Oh cards. The question is, did yes, he have yes. the blue eyes white dragon? He would have had every form of the blue eyes, blue peeps, honky dragon. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what reference that is, then good on you. I have no idea where that it, It's okay, it's okay. Yeah, that was a good one to end on. I, I like that little news story. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Watch oh, Godfather. Watch Godfather Part Two and Godfather versus Godzilla. Godzilla versus King. <laughs> Godfather versus Godzilla. I'd watch that. I don't watch Godfather versus Kong. Or God, Godzilla. You come to me on the day of my daughter's funeral. And you want to fight with me? <laughs> uh, 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 you big monkey man. <laughs> Goddamn, Robert De Niro was so good. I. Cutting back to Godfather Part Two, I really like the scene after he met with the original Godfather and he tracked him through the street and he's on the rooftop uh, and he makes a makeshift, like he hides a gun around a towel and he's basically waiting for him in the dark as he's getting home. And then as he's entering, Robert De Niro steps up behind him. He's like, oh, cool, you got here first. And he's like, bang. I love that scene. I love that scene. How he became... Uh, well it's like long time I think it's okay it's the end of the second act and I know this because an intermission popped up after the the veto bit where he definitively becomes the Don basically and it was like shit there's an intermission here why is there an intermission here and it was like and dad was like yeah they did that all the time in cinemas they gave you like a 10-15 minute interval for you to take a piss it's like great you should do that more because I need to piss right now this has been episode 50. It's been a fucking banker's one. It's been massive. We talked BAFTAs. We talked Kong. We did. We did. And I really want to watch the Godzilla Monsterverse now. Yes, you should. Mm-hmm. Everyone should. That's but, our recommendation. Yeah, I'll watch all of them. You guys watch Godzilla versus that Kong man. So, I've been Jake signing off. I've been Dan signing off. And this has been our most normal sign-off of all time. Goodbye.